Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, the podcast Fenced In. Um, and a quick introduction from, from myself and from uh, Chris. Chris, tell us uh, who you are and a little bit about yourself and um, your finest fencing moment. Oh, that's a good one. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm a foil fencer from London. Uh, and my finest fencing moment, uh, ooh, one of two, uh, either winning a bronze medal at the 2018 Commonwealth Fencing Championships or the moment I found out uh, I got a selection for the GB team uh, and took half an hour to tell my wife after I got home. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So good. Um, and so, Ben, who are you? What have you done? And what's your finest fencing moment? Uh, so my name is Ben Peggs um, and I started fencing when I was 10 years old and I've been doing this now for coming up to 20 years. That is kind of scary. I've been a full-time athlete since I was 16. Um, so full-time for, for just about 15 or so, 16 or so years. Um, I live in London um, and my finest fencing moment would have to be standing on the podium um after we won gold at the european games in baku 2015 there is uh, something quite pleasurable about hearing your, na your national anthem on the top step so and we just wanted to welcome you to our podcast fenced in um chris being the brainchild of of, of this wonderful uh thing and hopefully you might learn some stuff about fencing but not only fencing as uh you currently know it but fencing in quarantine and all things that are training whilst in lockdown definitely the idea is to bring fencing knowledge and fitness knowledge uh to anybody that might want it um slightly more fencing focused but not limited to that to get quick gains and long-term gains in your game and there'll just be a lot of other like chatting rubbish in this as well i'm sure i wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So we were going to talk a bit about uh, our training and what we're doing in quarantine training, if you can call it that, but ways of continuing forwards, considering we don't know how long any of this is going to last. Mm. Um, you know, it might be a while. It might be. Originally, we thought it might be a few weeks. And I think you probably felt the same as I did, which was, uh, yeah, this isn't going to keep me from fencing. I fence, I fence through what feels like worse. Yeah, certainly. You mean, you you know, you've got firsthand experience of going somewhere and being, you know, quite short on on, you know, fencing in general. Um, and I think for most people, this is well, for anybody in any part of their life, this is a huge shake up and turnaround. So actually, what I quite like is see people being really creative and using their brain and thinking, actually, how can I make this the best possible outcome for me? Yeah, definitely. And then, so how have you been doing that? Um, well, a couple of different things. Um, like, as we know with fencing, or as we don't know, actually, um, there's like quite a few facets to the game. There's like your technical, your tactical, speed agility, weight training, footwork, stretching, flexibility, and the list goes on. You can subcategorize all of that. But ultimately, you know, we're all missing somebody to hit. Um yeah. And so the biggest thing I think for with what certainly you and I have seen a lot on Instagram um, and are, are, are doing ourselves is actually setting up like a hitting pad or, or like a dummy to beat up because you put a sword in a fencer's hand. How many times, even when they're not, you know, on the piece, they just flicking things and hitting things and just wanting to like use the sword. 
So I've actually like made myself a dummy that I've stuck on the balcony of my girlfriend's house that I'm beating up. It can't fight back, but you know, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to hit. Yeah, no, it looks it? it looks like good fun. I I haven't got one of those. I really like the look of yours. I've seen a few online. I've seen someone read it. Um, I was thinking about making one based on your advice really to take my jacket and stuff it with some pillows and some cardboard i don't know how to make it hold a sword or for it to be at the right height but i'll figure that out <laughs> yeah do you know what it required quite a lot of um like tinkering um basically i, I kind of took a, a fencing jacket stuffed it with a few pillows rolled up some towels shoved those down the sleeves um put some socks in some gloves and, su- and st- stuck the, the gloves inside the jacket arms and then because um as you know well well know uh, chris i'm uh, obviously a coach um and so i'm very fortunate to have a coaching jacket that i could put over the top of it um just to make it even nicer to hit and yeah so, that's really handy yeah massively and actually i've got a chest plate as well which really makes it feel like a coach so um and then when i was when i arrived at my girlfriend's for this this lockdown um very kindly uh her housemate had some like bungees so i just strapped him to like an old like washing line and stuck him on the balcony um and then got an old broomstick which i then like again bungeed to the the kind of railings of the balcony and then stuck a sword at the end of it um and so it was perfect it was like the right height and it had a sword that i could like hit that was pretty much like tethered down so it, it wouldn't move um and yeah so far it's been it's been really good actually um and and, you know i'm kind of working on i will be i will be as of next week um kind of working on some technical stuff with him um yeah i know it's weird isn't (laughs) it you got a name yeah lucy keeps saying stop calling it him it's an it um in fact actually the first time i made him um in fact i nicknamed him shadow um which makes me sound like a really bad superhero but we'll go with it so the first time that i made shadow I just stuck him in the corner of uh, the room and then went to bed and then woke up to go to the toilet in the middle of the night and scared the living <laughs> hell out of myself when That's this amazing. dummy with a mask on top has <laughs> just sat there. So, yeah, that was um, that was freaky. That was freaky. But I think it'd be good for you to have a, a, a pad that you can kind of do some stuff with, you know? Yeah, I think probably. And, you know, obviously the benefits are, um, you know, if you've got enough space in your house to to really you know, move a bit and do some lunges. That's obviously really good for distance, but just keeping your hand and your eye in and remembering how to hit. I find with fencing, I started quite late. I kind of did, you know, an hour a week at school when I was 15 for a year and then stopped for two or three years. And when I was at uni, I took it really seriously, but I've always found, and always been so slightly afraid of like the, I don't really call it, but kind of going backwards, you know, like the Mm. reverse trajectory um and how quickly you lose or oh, i felt like i've you know i've kind of lost things in the past and as i fence for longer the longer i've been fencing the harder i take my training the more seriously i take my training yeah the less no, i go back which is really good so i don't have I think, to be so um, afraid of that yeah yeah no totally i think uh, you know for, for people that are listening i don't know if they they're aware but um but chris and i work together so you know chris is a is, is, a, is a diligent student and um and, and that is a fantastic hard. coach oh well you know we we, we we can we can both use this for an ego stroke to be honest that would be quite yeah. good, <laughs> um, <laughs> be good <isn't> it? <laughs> i i can but, attach yeah. my name to yours to get out there a bit no 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 don't don't be daft don't be daft you you work incredibly hard and um 
and actually this is probably one of the reasons why we wanted to do something like this was to kind of you know idea share for for everybody out there um and, and i think that one of the biggest things that i i was potentially worried about um is that i had a small uh, forearm injury at the beginning of the season um which i've been kind of maintaining yeah. um and i was kind of worried about losing strength actually through my forearm um and then potentially coming back from from our quarantine lockdown and actually potentially doing myself more damage, not to mention just the obviously technical work and the timing and point placement. A lot of people think that, you know, it's, it's quite easy just to hit a dummy. Um, and it is really. But if you're able to, I think this is, this is kind of the defining factor between just doing pad work. And if you're able to do pad work with a blade attached, because you're able to do beats on the blade engagements, um, binds, envelopments, all kinds of different things on the blade. Um, and for the non-fencing listeners, that's, you know, effectively just attacking the blade or moving the blade out of the way so you're able to, to hit the target. It just gives you much more feedback and feel through the blade, which I think is incredibly important. I mean, Chris, when we've done some work together, we've a lot of the time, uh, certainly with the open eyes actions we've been doing or the kind of um, the more creeping into distance and seeing what happens. We've been doing that not only with distance, but a lot of feel on the blade as well, which which I, I'm guessing you found has been useful for for feedback through through your blade and what what the opponent's doing have you you found that useful at all yeah definitely and actually the most satisfying uh moment and i'm sure you find this as well you find a much higher level than i do but is when it just happens when you've kind of stopped thinking about it or you know your reaction takes over and suddenly you're like oh that happened in my lesson i remember that that was Mm. great how did that happen oh yeah because i worked on it that's Um, the best feeling yeah it's it's really good and um no absolutely and i think uh you know there's a lot there something you told me recently which i found really helpful let's say recently i think it was maybe a month or two ago when we were still able to fence yeah yeah is is to do footwork with a blade in hand to to practice the coordination um you know when the foot lands do the parry uh and to just have more of a feel so you're not you know you're not just doing fitness up and down and Mm -hmm. which is also useful you know but in a different context uh but you know for the kind of for the kind of work I was looking to try and do. Uh, and I've seen you do lots of that as well. You know, I've seen you do that uh, at the Leon Paul Centre, going up and down the strip and, you know, after the session, half an hour of footwork and, and doing your own bits, which is always really good. Lead by example, which is great. Oh, well, you know, I, 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 I do try. But the, you know, I think the, the as you said there, kind of having having blade in hand is, is that kind of coordination. Um, and, and actually, you know, currently in lockdown that we're all experiencing, footwork is... is is one of the, the the main factors that I think most people are struggling to do because in your house, unless you've got um, you know a corridor that, that that's quite long, it's difficult to get the footwork in. I'm very lucky, um, especially whilst this weather is quite good, to be able to kind of do a bit of that pad work and also be able to move my legs as well. I know I've seen a few people, you know, have garages and, and hanging coaching jackets or just fencing jackets up in a garage and then trying to do you know stuff in there, and that's tricky. Um, I think if there's any any way um, you're able to do footwork in this lockdown, it's effective. But people think that just, you know, if they can't do fencing footwork, they can't do footwork training at all. And ultimately, fencing footwork is just speed agility. It's just the ability to be able to change direction. And I think that if you can't have, if you don't have a lot of space to do footwork, there's no reason why you can't do some like short, short speed agility based uh, fast feet. You know, there's, there's this great thing that I saw advertised on, um, on Instagram the other day, and it's effectively um, four hurdles that all collapse in on each other, and you kind of pop them up like mini fences. 
and then you kind of just jump over them or you can lay them flat as well and then use them as like a kind of diamond that you do kind of like fast feet in and out of. Uh, that sounds quite good. Yeah, it's really clever. And if you're able to, if you are able to get outside and you are able to do some fencing based footwork, that's great. But equally, mix it up because the biggest thing here is you don't want to get bored. We're here for three weeks and then goodness knows what's going to happen after that. It could be another three weeks. It could be another two months. We don't know. And so you have yeah. to change the training up because the biggest thing, you and I spoke about this, you know, earlier on was the kind of the mentality side of things about getting bored. And so by being able to go outside and not only do some footwork, but do some speed agility in a diamond or in a, in a small box just to challenge yourself. And then if you are able to kind of add in some coordination based stuff. So, you know, like we spoke about with, with the footwork, with the blade in hand, if you, if you're struggling to find space to do the fencing foot with blade in hand, or even in some kind of public areas, taking a fencing sword out will scare the life out of anybody around you. You, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm very fortunate in at, at, at where I'm staying at the moment is there's a squash racket and a squash ball. And so I can go and find a wall outside, do some foot footwork drills and throw a ball against the wall. And as I get better, I'll do some footwork drills whilst being able to try and do some, some racket based actions against the wall, just to be able to have that speed, agility, fast feet, quickness, with some coordination there, which effectively all fencing is. I mean, you must be doing something similar yourself. Not yet. <laughs> Not, yet. Yeah. Not yet, but you've given me some good ideas. Actually, I hadn't even thought about, um, you know, I thought about coordination, doing some footwork, but I hadn't thought about um, rackets or anything. And I was just, I was actually just racking my brain to see what we had in the house. And actually we do have tennis rackets and we've got tennis balls. Um, yeah. So I might do something like that. That would be great. And I found, so, as you know, last year I went to Cape Town for three months and fencing out there is not the biggest priority. And there are all sorts of issues that mean that fencing isn't always able to happen. So, you know, I was sort of able to train once a week when, when I was going from training four times a week, sparring four times a week and training six days a week to sparring once a week, maybe. No um, lessons as well. That must have been quite tough. No, that, that was quite tough. Well, you came out at one point and you very kindly brought your coaching stuff. So we had, I think you, you stayed with us for about a week and we had three or four lessons of an hour each, which was amazing and really, really made a difference yeah. actually. But when, um, when I was out there, I obviously then had to look at other ways to train. And I think this is really important because it, this is the information that I found really hard to come by, which is what I, one of the things I love about you as a coach is the fact that you have all the knowledge and for years I was looking for a coach and I was saying to my coach kind of what what else can I do what else can I do to get better and one of the few things I found to be really helpful I mean I quite enjoyed the lessons but the knowledge was kind of you know do less more often which was mm. really, but there was there was nothing more specific in doing fitness or doing conditioning or doing um, coordination and so in Cape Town I, I really tried to focus on doing a few things so every day I went for a swim I, I was lucky enough to be by a pool and you know we had a gym down the road and when we were on the beach um, you know we we were on the beach every day which was amazing the beach was about a five minute walk I, I did uh, stuff that you were just talking about now you know sharp feet running up and down sprints lots of agility actually stuff that I got off of race in Bowdoin's um, oh, yeah, Instagram page stuff. he's yeah he's really good at putting stuff up so thank you uh, 
<laughs> Nick to that. And you came back like a muscle of a man. You were in great shape. I mean, you were always in good shape anyway. But you know, when you're when you're running up and down the beach and you know you're doing, I mean, it's also as you say, it's amazing to be able to go out and do training when the weather's good. It's quite motivational when the weather's good to do that kind of stuff. It's not very fun when you get up in the morning and it's dark outside and it's hammering it down with rain. And you're like, I've got to go for a run. No, that's, that's true. Bit. Although swimming in the rain is quite good. I quite enjoyed that. Oh, that must be kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's it's bizarre. it's a bit funny. It's a bit you know you don't really leave the medium you're going through. <laughs> God, I see what though. I'm I'm used to swimming. My body's just not built for that. I'm just all the wrong proportions. Like you meant to have a long torso, right? So you become like the hull of a boat. Well, there's there's no <laughs> hull to me. I'm like mainly leg, I think. So I just <laughs> I just capsize. I'm you're like you're like the raft that we put together in scouts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the bits <laughs> kept like getting detached and floating yeah, away. Yeah, yeah bits of rope that I don't stick together. It yeah yeah exactly it's an old tire that just don't like float properly oh dear no no you're 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 in great shape you raise a good point that that actually you know you you'll have to be resilient in your training what i loved about your kind of experience in cape town uh, as an athlete was you went out there and you were creative you were resourceful um and actually you're really positive about the mental attitude about being out there which is i'm going to use this to to better myself And, and you know you actually came back in in incredible shape incredible shape. i mean as i say you're always in good shape but incredible shape and you were you know the, the training you were doing out there the physical stuff but the discipline i think that's something that you and i spoke about earlier which was you know we you have to look at this kind of quarantine period as something where you can easily drift you can easily kind of just let days float by without yeah, kind of any real plan and you know i sent over my my training schedule for next week and, and you you had a look at it um and i mean what did you think of it when when you saw it I thought really disciplined because um, you're, you're a full-time athlete anyway. I'm not. I, I have a job and I'm parent and husband, um, but I have lots of freedom. I work from home, so I have time to do certain things. But your, you know, fencing is your career, basically. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like, I found it very impressive that even in this time, you were taking the approach of, right, well, this is my job. I've still got to keep focused and and have certain goals that I want to achieve every day and be creative with certain things. There, there was lots of stuff on there I thought was really good. Um, yeah. What, what is and, on and, you know, it? It took a lot of time to actually really, you know, put that together. Um, and I've been very, very fortunate that, that both my coaches have helped me um, kind of put some, some stuff in place um, with not only the physical training, um, but also some of, the, some of the things that I've decided that I can actually, or I have more time for now. Um, and, you know, what amazes me, Chris, is the fact that, you are a father and you, you know, you are a, a, a wonderful husband or so, let's believe. Um, and you know, you, uh, <laughs> I'm very lucky. You, I'm very well supported. You are very well supported, but at the same time, you very well support your family. But equally, by doing that, you're still able to find time for your training and keep yourself very disciplined. And I think that in itself is, is you know, is part of being an athlete, which is the discipline and actually sticking to a routine, sticking to a schedule. And, you know, it, mine, mine is obviously micromanaged. There's half an hour intervals of, of everything. And I think what as you said earlier on is doing a little bit less uh but but and, and trying to keep the quality up not the not the quantity i think the biggest mistake a lot of athletes make especially when they go into full-time training is the fact that they they just try and do times more of everything when actually what's amazing about being a full-time athlete is that um you know certain things are hugely important like recovery um and people don't really think about recovery and don't really think about all the extras that go into being a full-time athlete i mean for me and you know this you see my schedule when we're not in quarantine and lockdown it's pretty busy i go from being a professional athlete in the morning training for four or five hours and then 
Um, and when I say four or five hours, that's not me just standing on my body for four or five hours. That includes traveling to training, coming back from training, doing stretching, having lunch, all kinds of things. But yeah, the there's lots of variation all, in there. Yeah, but it's all built around being an athlete. So I don't kind of go for a three-hour training session and then wander off down to KFC, you know. So there, yeah. there's people <laughs> after nutrition as well. and, and it Not might publicly anyway. Well, not yeah, exactly. Although having said that, one of my students a little while ago did manage to uh, drive past me and take a photo of me nipping in and out of Subway, um, which they will forever use over my head. Nothing um, wrong with Subway. Not that I've been in years, but nothing wrong with no, Subway. True, but the, the, the copious amounts of barbecue sauce that have it, any sandwich I make are probably not too good. <laughs> um, but certainly I think um, what, what, what was important is that in my day-to-day routine and that I don't do enough of is all the extra things that go into being an athlete which I preach but I don't practice and so uh, quite a few things are in my schedule as of next week are things like video analysis I've taken so many videos of myself competing at the world cups this year and I haven't really had the time to actually sit down and kind of look at those and reflect on those yeah. and it's like when I when I do my point control on the pad work on Tuesday morning which is when it's scheduled for um when will what will I be doing on or in that in that point session? Will I be working on speed? Will I be working on accuracy? Will I be working on actually trying out some actions which I've never done before? And I think this is the perfect opportunity to be again what I say is creative and and uh, even exploring different things. The thing is right now is everyone's in the same boat, so you're not really losing an advantage. Everybody is struggling to do something, and so use this time to be able to adapt overcome but explore different ways of doing things and i I think what what i I would implore anybody to do is is be really curious about training now try things out that you've never tried before and see what works for you because we've got potentially so much time in lockdown and you've got to stay curious and most athletes are curious they they never think they know it all and as much as i appreciate you saying i've got all knowledge I still think there's so much more that we all can learn, you know, both of us. And I've been amazed by some of the articles you send me and, and the things that you've done, that, that you're continuously pushing my thought process and my knowledge. It's one of the things that I think that you and I spoke about um, quite a lot was, was um, kind of going, going green in, in your diet. And you're, you are, and, and, oh, yeah. and wife, actually, um, your wife is, 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 you know, is really hot now on nutrition with a, a meat-free diet. Yeah, so we're plant-based, which is quite interesting. We actually watched. It was quite funny, actually. So I went to fencing on a Monday night, and Miranda watched Game Changers on Netflix. And I came back, and she said, God, I think I've gone vegan. I was like, really? Like that? That's amazing. I mean, what's happened? Um, and there was a boiled egg sitting there. She said, you're going to have to eat that. I said, okay, sure. I'll eat it. I might watch on this thing as well, because she was saying you have to. It's just so amazing. Sure. And, you know, I think it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I thought, I won't watch all of it. It's too late. I need to get to bed. Anyway, turned it on. Next thing I knew, it was kind of one in the morning. I watched the whole thing. It was so gripping. And I was like, I'm vegan. <laughs> it's is, you know, yeah, it's, it's so it was for me in that moment, it was so clear. And it's obviously not a complete transition or gain in knowledge. You, you know, there's lots of learning. I've watched lots of YouTube videos. I've read lots of stuff online. You've got to understand how you... Um, how you eat to maintain your muscle mass and everything um which i think is really important and also how you're eating the right stuff um and something i found so far is you do have to eat more because there you know there are fewer calories in what you eat so you end up eating much more and i think this ties in with something you mentioned before you know discipline and going to training 
something that my wife and other people have asked me as well which i'm sure people have asked you is kind of especially when you train in the evening because you mostly train in the morning don't you yeah yeah and then coaching the, in the in in the evenings yeah so i kind of get a little bit of both um but yeah i mainly train my own training down the day yeah so so i suppose probably applies much more to the morning as well but people saying how do you have the motivation to go and i suppose for me it's not even a, a question it's just you know i just get up and go i suppose one answer is i like to eat but <laughs> and i'm sure you do as well i think we all eat a lot but the real sure. you know it's really there's no question about it you just go you just go I, you know i know what training i'm doing i know what i need to do how much i need to do this is w- one of those boxes being ticked yeah and that's it isn't it, it you you know you I think that the people talk about talent and I hate the idea of talking about talent because I feel it's a very exclusive thing. Unfortunately, sport is a very exclusive thing, but I, I think talent is mainly, you know, thrown around a little bit as, Oh, that guy's really quick or, 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 you know, that guy's really agile. And it's like, well, actually there are more attributes to being talented than all of those. And I think, you know, determination and, 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 and resourcefulness and drive are all signs of, of being talented. I think there's a lot of mentality um that that can be attributed to talent and, and vice versa so this is why this moment in lockdown and, and kind of being stuck in her in house is is a real test of people's determination because it's really easy isn't it and i'm sure you know having having said you just watched a uh, a great netflix program it is also really easy to then go well do you know what i'm just going to sit on the sofa for a few weeks and watch loads of netflix and catch up on that and, and that's really easy to do. And actually, do you know what? I remember being a being a teenager when I first went into full time training. And I used to come back from from training every day and then crash in front of the sofa and just put movie on after movie on. And then my dad came home one day and said, um, "How was training?" He said, "Yeah, it was great, Dad." And um, he said, "What are you doing now?" So I'm just watching some movies. He's like, "Well, you've got more time. You know, you've got you got the rest of the day." And I said, "Yeah, well, I'm done." He's like, are, "Are you are you done? Are you finished for the day?" <laughs> you know, training three hours. A lot, of, a lot of people at work have got to do things. And I and I suddenly realised as I got older that actually. You know, a sportsman's time is 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 never is never done. Um, and you know, so I'm not saying that that you should always be doing something because that exhausts you. But even the idea of like active recovery or even recovery can still be like managed really well. And yeah, definitely. You know, you know I think you and I have have certainly probably as I'm sure the viewers will know um, or not know actually that you know we we are aging athletes. Um, I'm about to have my my 30th birthday um in october and by then i really hope we're out of quarantine no, i i'm before uh, you i mine's in quarantine um no of course yeah. it is oh my mine, god yeah mine's uh, mine's april i think oh, quarantine no. ends well i'd say quarantine we're still allowed out but quarantine ends like three days after <laughs> oh no well i'm gonna have to facetime uh, have to facetime you and we'll we'll sing happy birthday we'll, we'll make a cake i'll get lucy to make a cake that's what we'll do okay that's amazing i can blow out the candles um, via skype <laughs> that's it that's it and, yeah and I'll, I'll put it out just as you blow it'll be brilliant we'll do that <laughs> exactly uh, i was just gonna say one of the good things is i was meant to be competing the day after my birthday so well, what event that, was that a birmingham oh birmingham of course birmingham was the day after my birthday so I, you know the idea was that i was gonna have to be up there you know be there the night before and uh you know only because i'm kind of pushing so hard and, and trying so hard <laughs> was, was that gonna be the oh, way? No. i shouldn't say that but, but, only because i'm all... so passionate that i really love fencing that that was gonna be the way uh, i know exactly Phil. to be honest though i i remember having my uh, my birthday um when i was i can't remember how old i was i was uh, i think i was still a cadet um it was my birthday and i had the eden cup and it was my day of the uh, of uh 
of my birthday and I was doing the Eden Cup and um, no I I got cut. I was absolutely gutted. Absolutely. I mean, I was still a cadet in a junior event. So uh, it was one of my first years, um, but that was absolutely gutting. It was um, the worst birthday ever. I got to do the thing I loved and I really didn't do very well that day. So <laughs> I felt gutted. But oh, I bet that was really annoying. Sorry, you were so you were going to make a point about aging athletes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Sorry. So as older athletes, um, talking about recovery, actually, that was it. And this is again a great time. Like you know, we've we've um, so this week just because I decided to take two weeks break actually because I don't know for many of you who don't know um, I was um, actually out in America uh, ready to compete at the last um, uh, one of the last Olympic qualifier of the season. Yeah, of course. Um, and then. Unfortunately, whilst in America, it got cancelled, so I had to fly home. But there was all, there the, was the day before the event. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, really, that was, was really, crazy. Really rough. I was. It was pretty tough. Um, I remember texting you while I was out there, and kind of you, you and I were talking about it, and uh, and all the things the FI might do or might not do, and etc. So it was it was tricky. But going back to my aging athletes thing, I, I threw I flew back, and um, I always knew there was going to be a long gap between what was Anaheim and the next one of St Petersburg. Um, and so I intend to take two weeks rest anyway. Um, and, and so this has made it easy because I think the one thing that I'm not particularly good at is doing my rest and recovery. I'm also not very good at not training. That sounds really self-righteous. But as I've got older, I've really learned to enjoy um, training. I think a lot of young people that I've seen always kind of ego measure at training. And so training always becomes a measurement of like how good they are in comparison to everybody else in the room. And actually, it doesn't matter if you're king of training or not, or queen of training for that matter. It's actually about trying to reach your own personal goals and standards within training. And, and that's kind of really helped me enjoy training more as I've got older. And, okay. and that, you know, that's something we've spoken about, you and I, psychologically, about trying to keep within the parameters of your own measurement of your own goals, not in comparison to others. Um, and so it's kind of when you really enjoy training, it, it's hard to stop. And sometimes I don't really recognize when I've potentially overdone it. But that being said, um, I've had two weeks off and even towards the end of this week, I'm getting, you know, a bit antsy. I feel fully recovered and I, I want to go outside and, and I'm like a caged up dog. And so, you know, I've, I've just been going out for some light jogs and stuff like that, but really focusing actually on my stretching, my recovery. Um, actually, my coach has, has sent me a really nice morning routine of waking up and almost doing some kind of yoga stretching in the morning which has been really really lovely um kind of yeah, yeah that's up. great it's such a good feeling and and you know kind of speaking of that recovery it's not only physical recovery um it's kind of that mental recovery so certainly you and i have spoken of quite a lot of of, of length in fact actually somebody else i coach that's that's we're quite good friends with is, is, is a guy called john and him and i talk at length about kind of the mental side of things not only in fencing but day to day yeah so you're, very, really... you're both very good at that you've but you've both got minds that that go much quicker than mine um well, i don't know you like, you like wandering like little corners of a room <laughs> yeah you'll have to see us just chatting and trying to philosophize the brain but it's it, it's always um it's always a good good chat with john and, and it's kind of looking for that mental recovery and getting that that time to decompress a little bit because people don't really understand that and sometimes you can be fencing and feeling really good but actually not performing very well. And that, that can be that kind of mental burnout. You're not giving yourself enough time to emotionally recover. Um, and, and so, you know, it's something I've worked quite hard on. And again, right now, I've, I've got more time to focus on being really disciplined with my Headspace app that I do regularly. Uh, in fact, the other day I had a, a meeting with my sports psych um, and I've run some ideas by him. 
and the great thing about this whole lockdown is it just gives you more time to really perfect the actual culture of being an athlete and, and really getting the methodology of being an athlete right. It's really easy to go into training and be exhausted and kind of just do a little jog and then throw your kit on and go, oh, I just made this quick session today because I'm tired. Not do a, uh, the proper cool down, all that kind of stuff. Whereas yeah, now I've got a lot more time to do these kind of things and I can focus on adding in new recovery things, you know, trying out new um, types of foam rollers because my girlfriend has a different one so I can use that. She's got this horrible torture device for your foot, which I've been I've been using. Um, and what is that? It, it's um, it, it's this ball, and it's got lots of nobbles on it, and it really hurts. It's not it's not like a yellow spiky ball. Uh, it's a blue spiky ball. Yeah, it's, it's a blue spiky ball. ball. I've got a yellow one. I've got two oh, yellow yeah. ones. They're evil. In fact, actually, um, one of my coaches, uh, Graham, I mean, you know Graham very well. He, he's um, he's got all kinds of torture devices. Um, well, they've seen that massive foam roller thing he's got. It's so spiky. Oh, yeah, I think I have, but it's like. I mean, it must be like four foot wide. Yeah, it's like a mace. It looks like a weapon. <laughs> it's terrible, yeah. that thing. It's awful. Do you know, so with the yellow, the yellow balls, because I had two of them, and I didn't really know what to do with them. They were kind of just lying around the house. So when I used to work from home, um, what I'd do is be sitting at my desk and then just kind of be wheeling my feet up and over them. Oh, <laughs> for, yeah, yeah. For like 10 minutes idea. at a time. But do you know, it felt really good. <laughs> well, actually, that's the thing. Is It's amazing how stretching can actually really help you mentally unwind from the the activity you've just been doing i suppose you know what i'm trying to say is at the moment in time in lockdown be creative with your training and do everything you would do normally but for, try and find different ways to do it i think the one of the things that that, that that's important is trying to focus on the mentality because we have something none of us do enough really but there's something that i think you and I have spoken a lot about is, is, is weight training. Um, and, and weight training is, is obviously important because fences are getting stronger and more powerful. Um, and obviously that complements speed and, and, and endurance as well. Um, and, and I think this is potentially the biggest factor that people will find challenging at home. You know, we've spoken about um, the, the kind of the technical work, you know, kind of setting up an old coaching jacket and just hitting that and, and stuff. We've spoken about tactical um, you know, doing some video analysis, sitting down, going on YouTube, looking at top fences. We've spoken about speed agility. We can all go out once a day. We can all go to the park. You know, we in, in, even in speed agility, we can endure endurance. I mean, you've just gone and um, ordered a, a, um, a spinning bike, haven't you? Which is um, which is uh, really useful. You've been enjoying that quite a lot, actually. Yeah, it's really good. We've we've got it set up downstairs, basically by the front door because there's no other space for it. But I've we've got that. I've got an ab wheel you gave me. <laughs> It's a Christmas present. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How is that? Is that um, all right? Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. I've got uh, a 16K Kessel Bell that I find really handy. Oh, that's really uh, good. That's yeah, really that's good. good. I've got my resistance bands as well. Um, nice. But I, you, so you've actually, you've mentioned something I haven't got uh, uh, written down as one of kind of areas for improvement. So, because this is basically, the way I look at this is this is basically now like a bit of a preseason again. You know, yeah, our season's kind of, of been thrown upside down and suddenly we have kind of preseason, you know, the, when I count preseason as kind of like a six week period, I try and break up my trading into like six week blocks. Yeah. That, do you agree that's with that? Smart. Yeah. Well, the thing is you, your body starts to get used to a routine after a certain amount of time. Um, and, and, you know, it's quite easy to get stale on a routine. So it's, and also it's good for the mentality to just change things up. Um, and after a while, you know, you want to change your, your routine because hopefully your weaknesses have become strengths and you want to then work on another weakness. Yeah, definitely. And also, it's. I think, again, you're the full-time athlete. I'm, you know, I'm only really part-time. So my understanding 
is that really it's it's quite hard to work on a bunch of different stuff at the same time and the different areas that so again when i was in cape town the stuff i analyzed you know i broke training down into into one of six areas but i think there are seven with you talking about tactical mm-hmm. um which i put down as footwork strength and conditioning agility sure. technique mobility fitness and we'll tactical i'll put in there as well so that's seven and my understanding is that you can kind of work on one or maybe two of those for kind of improvement in a six-week period yeah well, yeah for sure yeah is that what I, you I think? think yeah you're right because it, it's just it's very hard also it's quite disconcerting to be working on many areas at one in one go you kind of lose the wood from the trees really um i find that the best kind of approach is more of a sniper kind of approach rather than a shotgun effect you know you want to you want to look to pinpoint certain things you want to develop um uh, uh, because it just it's better for your mindset you can start to see that thing develop whereas if you want to try and work on you know for example let, let's let's use you want to work on your footwork you also want to work on i don't know your blade control um as well as doing a cardio work that that you feel that you could improve on um and, and you know and your psych for example you can't concentrate on all those things when you're on the piece you know you want to move more in order to um you know make yourself more exhausted to hopefully improve your your endurance whilst doing you know really small and and um and very acute steps to 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 be more agile on the piece whilst trying to keep your point control a bit smaller and be thinking a certain way it's really difficult to manage all those things um i i know recently is one of the things i've been working on is is um is um from a psychological point of view is is being able to consolidate a lead and, and when you have a lead be able to see that fight out because at training when you when you take a lead um in a, in a fight sometimes you then want to try different things out not always from 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 zero zero you can you can no absolutely but that that instinct can take over at the wrong moment you know you could be oh, kind completely. of like nine six up and you go this is great okay i can try some stuff out and suddenly you're three hits down and you're like hang on what happened there yeah completely and that's both psychological and sometimes also training based is that you know ultimately we're in a fighting sport we're in a combat sport and you want to be fighting you want to be at training and you want to be able to deliver a strong fight and look we all want to win and i think that's important that you don't kind of deny yourself that winning spirit at training but at the same time we are human beings that don't have to think like an animal it doesn't have to be about the ego if you're if you're trying to win to be be king of training but you're in it for the wrong reasons if you want to win based on using good footwork and and um, good tactical analysis of the fight, then that's something different. You're setting yourself different goals. And so one of the things I was working on is trying to consolidate that lead. You know, when you take a lead, is to try and see that out right to the very end rather than kind of going, oh, well, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that. Because that became a habit in training, right? I always wanted to try something new and different. And then in competition, when it came to the crunch, when, you know, being 12-8 up, you want to deliver those final three touches, um, you know, that, that kind of firepower might not be there. The, the, the kind of mind wanders a bit. So that was something I was working on. Um, and so you're right. It, it's something that you want to pinpoint rather than shotgun effect. Don't go, I'm going to work on five different things because your brain just can't take that much. And your motivation can't take that much as well. Yeah. Um, and you do you. Um, so you mentioned you've been working on that. Do you find so different again, different periods before a competition? you'll allow yourself kind of more play in your focus and your and your kind of training bouts and the closer you get to competition the more killer instinct you want to have to be able to shut down those fights yeah sure sure you want you know as you, you get closer to competition the whole idea of tapering i don't think people, many people understand tapering um and i think it's quite important to kind of 
understand what you're trying to get out of that. And I think we before competition, you don't want to be doing overdoing it at all. Again, execute quality, not quantity. So you're going in, doing many like much fewer fights, much fewer volume, um, and, and and really working on playing your best game. Um, I think that's that's hugely important. I, I think that if you're if you looked at a, a full training week for me versus a taper week, you'd see massive difference in volume, in the amount of days training. Um, and recovery is so much more important, you know, doing way more recovery, lots more stretching, um, you know, even even longer sleeping hours, that kind of stuff, just to really go into the competition feeling, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed um, is it, it, hugely important. But actually speaking about tapering and one of the things that I think you'll get wrong is going back to weight training, which in quarantine is, is, is particularly difficult, um, is that I don't lift a week before a competition. Um, because, you know, doing any form of, of weightlifting changes your nervous system massively. And if you're trying to do a technical sport with a nervous system change, it takes time for that to implement and, and, and build. And so if you're doing that too close to a competition, um, you will fry your nervous system and, and not be able to execute you know, the intricate, detailed actions that, it, that is fencing. But if I take it back to what are we doing now, which is a bit more volume based stuff, like you said, you know, you're you're hitting. You're, you're hitting the bike really hard. You're doing a lot of um, endurance and, and, and uh, stuff like that to, to increase your, 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 your cardio. Um, you know, you can obviously be doing weight training there. But in quarantine, that's really tough. And what I've been really impressed by is people, again, even kids at the club coming out and being resourceful and showing ways of lifting weight at home in order to do some kind of weight training session so you know for example getting a bucket filling out with water and and doing a front squat with it you've got a 16 uh, kg um uh kettlebell which is great um but you know even little things like you know taking a um actually i, I saw uh dom de almeida um one of, one of the guys on the team he took a took a, a bar like a stick uh, like a broomstick put it across his hey, back right. took, took two uh, like rucksacks filled them full of all of his uh, books from university and doing squats <laughs> with that you know it's, I it's love great. that that's amazing it's brilliant isn't it even taking like the, the water bottles that you get um you know the, the big kind of uh if you go to Tesco's or to, to your local oh yeah uh, the five liters yeah get the five liters fill those up and you can do reverse flies that you can work on your upper back it's about again being creative see this is an opportunity in lockdown to be creative I think the biggest thing is people are going to find that after three weeks going to get bored of, of sitting around don't sit around do some training and if you're not training you're recovering think of ways to train better think of ways to you know learn how to do things better um I, i've uh, i've actually brought uh, a couple of fencing books over with me that i'm reading um some psych books that i'm reading as well um you know got youtube up on the go so i can watch some fencing of course we all need escapism from it but yeah of course i'm in a very different position to a lot of people which is you know i, I do train full-time but for, for for you you are somebody that 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 is really enthusiastic about fencing and you are training you know almost professionally yourself you know the amount of things that you are doing um is is incredible for for, for somebody that basically has a full-time job um and it always amazes me how much you're able to do um given the fact that you know you do have those time constraints of having a job well, I always look at what Ben's doing and try and copy. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think we all copy from somebody. And that's why I kind of talk about knowledge is, is kind of never ending, which is you've got to look and actually other people and see what they're doing. And, you know, there was a great video today that you mentioned earlier on with Chupinich putting his um, his his uh, fencing bag up next to his door and putting a jacket on and a mask and even a foil. 
Oh, is that and, a bag? Um, yeah, it was a fencing bag. And oh, I didn't know that. I thought he'd padded it. I loved it. The I, the, I loved they shook hands with it at the end. <laughs> so, I know, <laughs> thank yeah, you, Cherry Odie. Yeah, that is Cherry. It was great. It was really good. So little things like that, you know, be be creative, look for new opportunities. And, and, and you know, you're Chris, you're someone that's um, a, a, a designer by trade. And so it, it, all of these ideas must be flowing out of you. Well, not so much. I, I, <laughs> I, I, lots of designers inspiration, which is basically copying what other people do. But, um, but the so for, you know, so you train full time, which is amazing. And you know, I mean, obviously, you don't just automatically have the time to do all this stuff, but you you make time and you find time, which is great. But lots of people don't have that time, and lots of people are really passionate about fencing, and they become fencers first and kind of athletic second. Um, mm. And and so there are lots of I think picking any of these seven areas. I'm going to call them the golden seven areas. There might be more that we've uh, missed out on. I'm sure we'll add to. Um, but picking any one of these and kind of depending on what their level of training is, kind of incorporating those in, whether it's just a bit of stretching, you know, five or 10 minutes of stretching every day or, you know, doing a few body weight exercises at home every day or finding a way to kind of do some slightly heavier gym work every day. Interesting. So you mentioned a week before competition, you don't do any uh, heavy lifting. I found no. that a week for me is not long enough. So for me, it has really to be more. kind of closer to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I won't do any heavy lifting and then I can kind of, you know, my sparring will then kind of the feeling will come back a bit more, but it or you know, but going back to the, the golden seven, you know, if people go for a run, it doesn't have to be a really fast yeah. run, but you know, I find I do 5k in about 20 minutes and that sometimes varies. Uh, it goes up and down a bit. Sure. But I find that really helpful. You know, you mentioned that going running gives you some headspace, but I find it just kind of helps loosen things up a bit. Um, especially mm. if you've been doing lots of workouts, you know, just, it, it just keeps things, it makes it less static if that makes sense it kind of you know it frees your muscles up a bit um I'm not talking scientifically but it, <laughs> but <laughs> but any of these things you know doing any of these things for most people will be a big gain um i think it's and, important to know what works for you as well there is a lot of science behind oh, yeah. training, and it is really important to understand the science and you know I, i've been very fortunate to have been part of the world-class program where we got a lot of information given our way um but still you have to do what feels right because ultimately when you feel good you perform well Uh, and you know the the idea of what i love is the fact that you know when we're when we're fencing we spend all day running around in what is a glorified spacesuit right and actually (laughs) i like that (laughs) yeah you know and to actually get out and have a little jog in 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 the in in the fresh air just wearing shorts and a t-shirt it's such a freeing feeling you know um and and those kind of things make me feel good and you said like getting headspace it kind of is a bit of escapism and actually while we only get one kind of outdoorsy bit a day you might as well make the most of that go for a run and uh, because ultimately you know if you're if you're going to be sitting there at, at, at club in the evening doing three hours of sparring you might as well go for a half an hour an hour run or even go for you know a half an hour jog to a park and then do a sprint session in the park and then jog back you know and the whole thing might take you an hour but you've done a warm-up you've done a run you've done some sprints maybe some mobility in the park and you've run back that's an hour you know so yeah that's brilliant done and then you get in and you know you can jump on the foam roller and these other torturous devices you can make actually for those of you that, that that want to make a torturous device get two tennis balls and tape them together so it looks like a peanut 
that's really good at running up and down your back. So your spine almost sits in that little U that is the peanut and the two bulging areas, which are the tennis balls, then massage your, uh, your back. That's really good. Um, and if you can find an old broom handle um, and, 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 you know, if you're able to find a way to kind of put some handles on at the end, you can almost use that like a rolling pin for, for like a hand roller, you know. So there's lots of different things that you can do. Hey, that's and then, really yeah, good. I like that. It's clever, right? And you get in, you've done that, you've done, you've done your kind of your, your run and your bit of a mobility and some sprints. You've got in, you know, you're going to do your cool down um, and then you've got time to cook. You've got time to explore different food options. Actually, um, Lucy's housemate, who I'm staying with, he, you know, he's 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 vegan. And um, tonight he made an absolutely fantastic vegan dish. And so we, we were enjoying that. And, and that was that was really lovely. And it was great to try some new dishes and, and it's great to be able to i've got a, a really great book on um on 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 uh, food for athletes uh, written by ainsley harriet and you know just explore that and do some cooking we have time now and then after you've done that sit down watch some fencing you know who do you like who who do you fence like who who impresses you watch that write some notes down and then the next day you get on the on the pad and you try out some things that one of your top or favorite fences does and then you might do a core session and you know, then you might go outside and get a couple of water bottles and, you know, do some do some 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 kind of weighted exercises with those. It's it's about looking for the enjoyment and the and, and be curious in the training right now, because this is going to last a while and you have to adapt to these changing situations. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think being able to prioritize that time, you know, say, you know, you've got your hour outside, you've got to be able to prioritize and know what you're wanting to get. You know, you might need to get to the shops, you might need to go to the post office. Might need to do whatever, but I, you know, you mentioned kind of doing mobility in the park or something as well. Um, I've got an agility ladder as well. Oh, yeah. that I, I find I've I found just over the years. I'm sure like you, I've just kind of collected all this stuff that at one point or, or another. I've gone, hey, that could be really useful. I'll get that. And um, you know, before you know it, you look down and you're like, ah, oh, I've got a home gym here. Yeah, um, yeah. But that, you know, that's really handy. You know, just for doing some. Some, some quick feet on the ladder doing a bit of footwork you know as you you don't even need that you know you can kind of run between two trees you know you can uh, a bit like yeah, with shuttle yeah. runs or something use the lines on the pavement use those you know you got you got everything that's at your disposal the the other thing that um because i do a lot of work with the wheelchair guys as you know and you know really enjoy working with those lads um and they, they are hugely resourceful athletes um they've had to be for most of their life um and one of the things that i learned from itty which i took back and showed them which i think they really enjoyed a lot of people um have seen the idea of fencing with weights or using like a weight jacket a weight jacket's really good because it kind of puts the weight in the center of your body um and can, can really actually push you and i'm talking generally about training now rather than being in quarantine but one mistake people make is putting wrist weights on um the problem with wrist weights is that when you take the wrist weights off then when you start fencing your point control goes at the window because you've changed the pivot point you change the the, the weight of where the, the, the almost the angle of the blade so try avoid using wrist weights and actually one thing that i discovered in italy which was great to see actually it was aspermonte's coach that I, I saw do this and i think it was fantastic he effectively took um a bit of hose pipe which he cut the same length of the blade and then he put it over the blade like a sheath and it actually made the blade heavier but it didn't just put the weight in one particular area it distributed the weight over the length of the blade so effectively aspermonte was taking lessons with a heavy blade and it was really great to see because he hadn't just changed into a whole new blade that's just heavier he was able to use the current ford that he liked he made it heavier and could make 10 minutes of touches like that 
then take the hose pipe sleeve off the blade and then deliver another 10 minutes of touches on the jacket and be able to give himself effectively a weighted session but with point control without losing the dexterity of the point itself that's amazing i never would have thought to do that that's that that's really valuable piece of information and interesting what you mentioned on a a weighted jacket as well i was wondering about that at one point and then i got some guidance to say it might not help as much as i wanted it to but it's interesting to hear these different perspectives because this this is the kind of information i was always searching for um mm. and actually you know i didn't know about weighted jackets until i saw um you know graham your coach has i don't know if he's always had one or kind of gets some of his pupils to wear them but you know i've seen previous pupils of his wear mm. them and and find them really useful uh, i don't know if you've ever worn one but i've seen you know i've seen david wear yeah, them before. yeah. Um, well, yeah i know i know he believed in them quite well and i don't know if you've you know you've got an oxygen mask and as well but i don't know if you've ever used a, a weighted jacket yeah sure no i have done actually they're, they're really good the only thing you have to be careful of is the impact on the front knee it becomes a little bit harder but then if again if you maintain your recovery and you're not using it every single day you're obviously trying to periodize that training a bit they should be fine for those of those that train with me on a regular basis you've seen me walking around like bane with my uh altitude mask on um the jewelry's the jury's out on that really there's there's some a lot of research to support it and a lot that damns it but I'll tell you what, try sticking one of those on and do a full work session with it. It's not nice. Even if it's just placebo, it's incredible. I mean, I don't think it is. You try restricting your oxygen and doing, you know, half an hour, you know, pretty hard footwork session. I I'm, I'm, I know that it works, but how it feels. Um, but, you know, all these different techniques and, and, and training ideas, they can all be used. And actually, you know what? Like, okay, you might not really get your hands on an oxygen mask up here, but go out on a, a, a nice sunny day go and find a hill somewhere and do some hill sprints that will work you twice as hard and it's just being resourceful you know yeah definitely well i think that's probably a good place to stop unless you have other stuff you want to mention no no i i think i think that's great and you know chris i think it's um what 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 you know what we're trying to do here it, chris came came to me with the the idea of of starting a podcast and it, it's I, I loved the idea at first i was worried i wouldn't have enough time but What's amazing about um, the situation is we now have plenty of time as much as it's not a situation. You've been given the gift. Exactly. And it was such a fantastic idea by Chris. And it was something that I absolutely wanted to, to grab with both hands, but didn't know if I could do it. And actually, you know what? Chris has very kindly done most of the donkey work on this. And, and he's uh, he, he's he's uh, uh, has a thirst for knowledge in, in, in fencing. And it's always great having a discussion and we often find ourselves talking at length and so i think you were you were really excited to try and get this out on a podcast yeah definitely also how many times have you been at a club and trying to talk to somebody and you get all of 30 seconds or you get about four minutes in between saying on garde prêt allez you know it's quite yeah, nice yeah. to be able to talk talk about you know yes. i don't think we've uh, had an hour's conversation for a long time yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, even when we're, we're, we're having a lesson, it, it's working on your specific things. But we never really t- tend to talk on on, on more generic things um, about fencing. And, and also, I hope I mean, this has been very fencing specific, but ultimately we, we'd like to try and make this a bit broader for anybody that wants to kind of understand more about fencing and fencing training, especially in, in kind of like quarantine um you know hence the name fenced in um which uh, we we played with a, a couple of different names but we all feel a bit fenced in at the moment so it's uh, it, it's about kind of trying to use that 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 positivity in 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 the best way possible um and you know what what's 
what's great about working with Chris is that, you know, he, as I say, he's got that for knowledge. He wants to understand more um, and he's prepared to absolutely dedicate himself. And, and it's working with him as a, as a student has been so much fun and, and, and really enlightening. And actually, we, we set a goal, didn't we, um, to, you know, to, to, to qualify you for, for the Commonwealth um, in, in 2018. Um, and he didn't only uh, qualify for, for the thing, he came back with a medal. So if anybody understands about periodizing training and getting themselves in shape for, uh, for, for, for big events, that, that is Chris and you're certainly in safe hands here. No, well, that's very nice. But I, I find, again, I, I find looking around me and seeing what other people do to be amazing. At the Commonwealth, it was amazing to see, um, you know, some of the Australian fencers uh, and how they fenced. You know, they, they were much more upright than than I am and lots of the fences I, I've seen and it's just amazing to be able to see different fences at different levels and kind of what that means which is why you know the I've been to one world cup and I've been to lots of satellites but every year the satellite season comes around it's amazing to be able to go and see what people are doing and why they get further than I do um and kind of the ones that win and uh and you know and I, i'm sure you get to see that all the time but being able to see what, what you do and the other guys do at the national center as well it's just it's you know it's it's really good again and what we want people to be able to have you know without really struggling to find it you know there's lots of information on reddit now there's stuff on youtube there's stuff on in other places on the internet but it'd be quite good if there was a kind of more centralized area some you know mm. where some of this information could be uh you know and it could all exist in one place not the word, you, know, you know, it's quite hard well, to do, do that. I'm sure those things exist in fencing books <laughs> that I've never oh, really read. But <laughs> Absolutely. But at the same time, what I like is that ultimately having a conversation and just see, you know, talking about all these things and sharing ideas is sometimes how you learn the most. Sometimes if you feel you have to sit down and, and kind of bury your nose in a book, it can be hard. But actually what's lovely about podcasts or, or anything that you can listen to, that's one of the biggest things that I find, you know, driving around. Um, and going from training session to training session or from coaching session to whatever, they don't get much time to read anymore. And so having the idea of listening to a podcast um, and, and listening to your talk and discuss and, and having it more of a kind of open dialogue um, not only keeps it a bit more relaxed and it just it, it's easy to to do on the move. You can hopefully stick us on an iPod and, or, or an iPad and, or an iPhone and, and kind of learn some stuff on, on, on the way, you know, when, and maybe have a giggle every now and then. Um, and maybe currently not now because um, we're all stuck at home. But, you know, you can uh, be hopefully cooking yourself something or doing a nice cool down session or even going for a, your, your one exercise a day and, and just stick us on uh, in, in some headphones and uh, hopefully you might learn something. We originally intended this podcast to be like 20 minutes long. Um, and I knew that after a lot of the conversations that Chris and I often have, this was going to be way longer than 20 minutes. So we will try and make the next ones more succinct but welcome to our pilot which is fenced in and don't go too stir crazy at home um be curious get training hard and most of all enjoy it thanks for letting us take up so much of your time until next time